Welcome to the Biopractica Professional Podcast Series. Biopractica is an Australian-owned, practitioner-only brand focusing on nutritional and herbal products proven to play a role in preventative medicine. Biopractica is committed to supporting healthcare professionals in developing their knowledge and skills so they can confidently and effectively tackle the major health challenges facing their patients today. To support this commitment, the Learning Hub was established by Biopractica to offer practitioners a collection of educational resources so they can stay informed on the latest in health science research. Welcome. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Simona Gatesh, and our topic is oral health, a window to overall wellbeing. However, before we start, allow me to introduce our guest. Dr. Simona Gatesh is a visiting research fellow with the University of Adelaide, Adelaide Dental School, and a registered dental hygienist. Simona has lectured both nationally and internationally, and in 2018, she represented Australia and New Zealand at the International Association of Dental Research Hatton Competition in London in the Senior Science category. Simona completed her doctorate in philosophy in 2018. Her thesis was entitled Clinical and Microbiological Effects of Probiotics in Experimental Induced Periodontitis receiving the Dean's Commendation for Doctoral Thesis Excellence. Simona is a reviewer with many reputable international journals and also a lecturer and an assessor at the University of Adelaide Faculty of Health and Medical Sciences. Simona has been working as a dental hygienist in general and specialist dental practices of Adelaide since 2006 and her clinical and research interests centre on the link between periodontal and systemic disease. She's a member of the International Association of Dental Research and the Dental Hygienists Association of Australia. Like most brilliant minds though, Simona does have interests outside of dentistry. She enjoys cooking, gardening and spending time with her husband and their two teenage children. Welcome back, Simona. Thanks, Paul. That sounds too good to be true. <laughs> Thank you for having me here today. I'm very excited to catch up with you and our audiences. Well, it is wonderful to have you back, and, and I, I, I absolutely understand what you mean. Very often when we reflect upon all the things mm. we have done, um, it can even be a little overwhelming for ourselves. Yeah, but it look, is. it is fantastic to have you back, so thank you so thank much. You. Likewise. Look, it's been a while since we last spoke, and the topic mm -hmm. for today is the importance of oral health for overall uh, systemic health. Can mm -hmm. you please begin by telling us why oral health is really so important for general well-being? Um, I'm very excited to actually catch up with um, our audiences on a topic that is gaining recognition from dental practitioners as well as general and allied health practitioners. And um, when talking about why oral health is so important for general well-being, um, we need to to consider the fact that the mouth is like a portal for the gastrointestinal tract and is home to one of the largest and diverse microbial communities in the body, second only to the large intestine. There are over 700 species of bacteria living in the mouth, uh, on our teeth, tongue, cheeks, on our gums, underneath the gums, um, and in a healthy mouth, all these species live in a state of homeostasis, so they live in harmony and they play critical roles in food digestion, 
maintenance of the immune system and the balance between pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory processes. They help maintain the right pH and they act as a barrier for, for the oral mucosa. Some of these bacteria have the ability to link together in a complex structure called a biofilm. Biofilms can be classified as beneficial, neutral, or harmful, and they act as a shield protecting the microbial colony. And it's all good when these species live in balance and the biofilm is beneficial. However, through dysbiosis, microorganisms involved in the pathogenesis of certain diseases, protected by the now harmful biofilm, can do two things. They tolerate host defenses and they tolerate antimicrobial therapies. So as a consequence, um, these, I don't know, let's call them pathogenic bacteria, increase in numbers with detrimental effects, not only on oral health, such as decay or gum disease, but also de detrimental effects on systemic health. These oral bacteria have been found in various niches in the body, such as the valves of the heart, the colon, the lungs, and their presence there is not good news. It's it's really interesting that I, I don't think people always think that uh, these different bacteria can translocate, mm -hmm. but you're right, there's really mm -hmm. good, un unfortunately in some ways, there's good evidence that they, they mm -hmm. do, and uh, that obviously, as you've said, they can impact systemic disease as such. Mm -hmm. But you did mention, mention sorry, oral dysbiosis. Mm -hmm. uh, can you explain to the listeners exactly what oral dysbiosis is mm -hmm. and how it occurs? Um, oral uh, dysbiosis is an alteration in either the diversity, composition or function of the oral bacteria associated with a diseased state. So in other words, in disease, there is an imbalance in the types of bacteria, the number of oral bacteria and their bacterial function basically a transition from a symbiotic to dysbiotic bacterial communities. If we want to break this down further, in the mouth there are gram-positive bacteria such as streptococci, staphylococci, enterococci, and lactobacilli, and gram-negative bacteria such as uh, fusobacteria, uh, porphyromonas, prevotella, tanarella, and others. Some, some of these bacteria are let's say the good guys and some are the bad guys and yeah. in health they li they're living together in harmony oral dysbiosis is usually present in a disease state such as caries or periodontal disease when the bad guys are getting the upper hand they increase in numbers they might change their function as well uh, for example in caries there are increased numbers of um, streptococcus mutants and mm -hmm. certain species of lactobacilli in periodontal disease, there are increase in Porphyromonas gingivalis and Fusobacterium nucleatum and other species. And this imbalance in the oral microbiome um, can be driven by medical conditions, medication, inadequate diet, smoking, um, the old lack of good oral hygiene habits and genetics. Mm -hmm. And it has far-reaching physiological effects impacting, like we've just said, other body systems such as digestive, respiratory, cardiovascular, immune and reproductive system. And, and 
you know, obviously your research is looking, you know, um, at these bacteria and that they there are links to the, these other um, illnesses. And, and we, we did speak a little while ago and in our previous podcast recording, for our, though um, some of our listeners may have missed it, can you just, mm-hmm. because you mentioned periodontal disease a few mm-hmm. times, and I think if you're not, um, I will say in the dental industry as such, mm-hmm. people don't always know exactly what periodontal disease is. So can you just give mm-hmm. us a brief sort of overview to bring some of our newer listeners up to speed on that? So the most uh, common types of periodontal disease or gum disease are gingivitis and periodontitis. Um, basically, it all starts with um, prolonged accumulation of bacterial biofilm on tooth surfaces and at the gingival margin where the tooth meets the gums, um, leading to changes in the oral microbiome towards dysbiosis, as we mentioned, with increase in certain species associated with disease. Our immune system is trying to um, stave off the bacterial invasion using white blood cells, i.e. blood. So that is why in periodontal disease, gums look red, they're swollen, and they bleed easily. It's all part of the body's defense mechanism. Our body is trying to do the right thing and protect us from the bacterial invasion. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, bacteria retaliate through releasing acidic enzymes, which make gums and teeth sensitive. So this inflammatory process in the gums is called gingivitis. Gingivitis can be completely reversed under normal physiological conditions uh, by using um, adequate oral hygiene practices, such as, you know, cleaning between our teeth, cleaning our teeth, flossing, brushing, all that jazz to remove the biofilm. When we have bleeding gums, we need to floss and brush more, not less. That is a common misconception. Um, And maybe our listeners are interested that once upon a time before becoming a dental hygienist, um, say I was, I was flossing a couple of times a week and my gums were bleeding, I was immediately thinking, oh, I should stop flossing because I'm making my gums bleed. Whilst in yeah. fact, we need to do the opposite. We need to floss more and we need to clean more efficiently. So if we clean more and we still have bleeding gums, then we need to visit a dental professional to have a scale and clean. Mm-hmm. Again, to have majority of the biofilm removed because that is the cause of the bleeding. So in gingivitis, the inflammation is localized in the gums and is reversible. Once treated, mm-hmm. the inflammation subsides, subsides. Sorry, and no more bleeding gums. They they recover. Mm-hmm. In susceptible individuals, the oral microbial dysbiosis leads to an exaggerated host inflammatory immune response that is chronic and consists in progressive destruction, this time not just in the gums, but destruction of the tissue around teeth, which is called the periodontal ligament, and destruction in the alveolar bone, as in the bone of the jaw. This condition is called periodontitis. As I said, it is chronic. The bone loss is irreversible. And in the actual fact, patients with advanced periodontal disease end up losing teeth due to a lack of bone support around them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, periodontitis doesn't necessarily sound that bad. People may associate, you know, poor oral health with, as you said, possibly bleeding gums, but obviously the consequences can be incredibly severe um, to mm-hmm. people, and especially when, as you said, there's that bone loss there. I mean, 
you know, once you start losing bone, as you said, you know, your body's ability to, you know, bed the teeth properly and then have, you know, um, relatively normal mouth function becomes absolutely compromised. But last time we chatted, we talked about oral health and we were sort of really looking at its role in regards to inflammatory bowel disease. And you mentioned earlier that some different bacteria can wind up in different places in the body, including, I thought you said, um, sort of heart valves. So what other yes. diseases have been linked with oral bacteria? That is an excellent question. Um, elevated numbers of certain oral bacteria um, have been associated, like we said, with the development and progression of certain systemic conditions. For example, studies have reported that both periodontal disease and total loss of teeth were associated with a greater risk of cardiovascular disease. Um, changes in the mouth, such as periodontal disease and other signs of poor oral health, are common in patients with chronic kidney disease. There is also evidence to support links between bacteria from periodontal disease and adverse pregnancy outcomes, aspiration pneumonia, stomach ulcers, oral cancers, other systemic diseases that have been correlated with dysbiosis of oral bacteria are diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, and as discussed in our previous podcast, like uh, you've mentioned, inflammatory bowel disease and colorectal cancer. And I'd like to mention now that there are a couple of interesting facts that are worthwhile um, mentioning to our audiences. For instance, patients with rheumatoid arthritis, uh, not only that they have a higher incidence of periodontitis, but also they get a more advanced form of periodontitis. And even more interesting is that effective treatment of the periodontal disease in these patients has a positive effect on their control of the rheumatoid arthritis. There is a similar link for patients with diabetes. For example, uh, for those who have diabetes, the likelihood of developing gum disease is much higher, but also people who have gum disease find it more difficult to control their blood sugar levels. So it is very much like a two-way street. And clinical mm -hmm. studies show that, and this is so interesting, um, there, there's been a few last year, treating periodontal disease in patients with diabetes can help wow. these patients control their diabetes. Wow. And, and, and that, that really is quite fascinating because um, you know, there's certain illnesses that once we think an illness has taken hold that even though you may remove, say, one of the key causative factors that won't have an impact, but it's really quite a, you know, it's quite amazing that, yes, it, it could be a two-way street when it comes mm -hmm. to oral health. Um, mm -hmm. Have you had uh, much chance to sort of look into, or is there much research actually on what specific sort of mechanisms might uh, lead to this correlation between the oral microbiome and systemic disease? Mm -hmm. um, yes, we have looked into this and we've published a paper. Um, a definitive link between the oral microbiome and systemic disease has been established. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no doubt about that, but the precise mechanisms underlying this are still being elucidated. So mm -hmm. um, there's a few ideas that have been proposed. Uh, one is that um, the mechanism include the spread of oral infection to extra oral sites 
via tran transient bacteremia. So clinical studies show that, for example, um, this is what we looked in Pigeon Givalis, one of the bacteria associated with periodontitis, can enter the bloodstream at the inflammation site, and then it spreads into the systemic blood circulation. And like we've mentioned, it, it can lodge in the valves of the heart. Um, mm. Another example of this mechanism of um, transient bacteremia is the presence of oral bacteria, such as F. nucleatum, in the intestine of colorectal cancer patients. So um, I remember I, I was growing these bugs in the lab and um, we got contacted by a colorectal um, surgeon from Brisbane and she said, oh, can I, can I get some of these bugs? And we were surprised. We said, why? You know, she said, because every single colorectal cancer patient has this, bug, this oral bug in their, in their colon. Um, so that is very interesting. Um, another proposed mechanism for this correlation between the oral microbiome and systemic disease is that metabolites of oral microorganisms enter the systemic circulation through the blood creating a low grade this is very interesting they create a low grade inflammation in the body which may worse worsen other systemic diseases and that is why periodontitis is dubbed low grade systemic disease because it affects a variety of systemic conditions mm. and, and you know more and more data is coming out literally oh, maybe not every day but every week or few months and and looking at the role that some kind of low-grade ongoing inflammation plays in so many of these chronic illnesses. And certainly when we look at things like cardiovascular disease, you know, one of the greatest, I'll say, killers in, in, in society yes. today, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the relationship of cardiovascular disease and inflammation, they're, they're really saying that, you know, cardiovascular disease is a disease of inflammation. And obviously, the, mm -hmm. any role that, um, you know, the gut, uh, sorry, the mouth, may play right. is something that practitioners need to be aware of. Absolutely, yes. So are there any natural medicines which have been demonstrated to actually improve, say, periodontitis? Because in theory, if we can improve that, we might be able to reduce risk of associated, say, systemic diseases. I'm speaking as from the clinician point of view. Uh, periodontitis is a chronic condition that has proven very difficult to treat. Um, current treatment includes um, deep cleaning, surgical interventions, and selective use of antibiotics. Um, and it, it results in a reduction of the bacterial load and associated inflammation, which is unfortunately only temporary, therefore not sufficient to control the disease. So one of the treatment strategies um, that we've been investigating is the administration of beneficial bacteria with antimicrobial, uh, antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. So instead yeah. of trying to decrease the pathogens, we increase the number of beneficial bacteria. We mm -hmm. administered probiotics, mainly mm -hmm. lactobacilli. And as natural medicines go, two probiotic lactobacilli strains that have consistently showing positive results are um, Limosilactobacillus ruteri DSM17938 and mm -hmm. uh, Limosilactobacillus ruteri um, ATCCPTA6475. So good news. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, do they have any understanding of the mode of action of these different probiotic strains and how they actually work to improve periodontitis? 
um, randomized control clinical trials um, indicate the use of these two probiotic strains in periodontal treatment, in addition to standard therapy, can lead to um, decreased gingival inflammation, mm -hmm. decreased pro-inflammatory markers, decreased mm -hmm. bone loss, a reduction in um, the total number of anaerobic bacteria, all these for the treated groups, when they compare them with standard therapy alone or placebo. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I'm very excited about this, and this is great news because, as, as we mentioned, improving periodontal conditions would also lead to reducing the risk of associated systemic disease. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, look, and, and uh, from what you've said, you know, th this systemic disease really, it, it almost feels, it almost feels like it could be one of the, the missing keys. Um, to really, you know, un unlocking just much better overall health for mm -hmm. so many people in, in society today. But of course, um, you must have some other sort of dietary or lifestyle suggestions to improve mm -hmm. oral health as well. Oh, look, let's put it this way. Oral health problems are largely, largely preventable. This is it. Um, and there are a few things that should happen. We should enjoy a healthy diet, you know, avoiding simple sugars like um, your dentist is telling you, limiting alcohol consumption, um, including a variety of uh, fresh fruit and veggies. Um, they deliver many vitamins, you know, and for from an oral health perspective, we want, uh, for example, to have enough vitamin C in our diet. It helps keeping the connective tissue in our gums healthy and variety is good. So a lot of patients, a lot of my patients at least, don't know that capsicums have more vitamin C than lemons and oranges, plus they're not acidic, so they're better for, for your teeth. Um, and deficiencies in vitamin C lead to scurvy. Who would have thought scurvy in 21st century still exists? Yes, it does exist. We had cases at the hospital. So one of the mm -hmm. symptoms of scurvy being bleeding gums. Gums, um, yeah. What else? Uh, oral hygiene. So daily mm -hmm. mechanical removal of the, of the biofilm um, is required for optimal oral health. So cleaning between our teeth once a day, brushing mm -hmm. twice a day will help mm -hmm. us control the numbers of bacteria, therefore decreasing the risk of developing car caries and gum disease. Um, mm -hmm. However, if we have any of the health problems previously mentioned, such as mm -hmm. diabetes, autoimmune conditions or a family history of them, then yeah. we are more susceptible to oral diseases and we need to stay alert to any changes in the mouth, basically. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Quitting smoking. Smoking mm -hmm. changes the oral microbiome. So smokers have a completely different oral microbiome and that increases their risk for caries and periodontal disease. Um, about a quarter of smokers lose teeth. But the good mm -hmm. news is that people who quit smoking have the same risk of developing gum disease and responding to gum treatment as non-smokers. That's about 12 months after you quit. Um, but that's, that's great news. Um, mm. Another lifestyle factor for uh, with oral health implication is stress, as we all know. Mm. So, uh, for example, chronic levels of high stress 
are linked with um, progression of periodontitis. So some of my patients, for example, who go through traumatic events, you know, that they've been stable, um, their gum condition has been stable for so many years, and then something tragic happens, the partner mm -hmm. dies, or they develop a, you know, a chronic condition, and all of a sudden they gain two, three more millimeters of bone loss, you know, so lowering yep. stress levels will improve oral health as well as overall health. Um, mm -hmm. And last but not least, we should visit our dentist regularly. It is mm -hmm. so much easier to prevent and treat problems in the early mm -hmm. stage than to let them go on too long. Mm. Look, absolutely. And I think you've really, you know, made a really good point there, which is if someone can, if, if you do have a problem and if someone finds that problem when it's really early, as you said, there's, you know, mm. it's much easier to treat. It's usually a, a simpler treatment. Um, it may even be, you know, that reminder, you know, with your daily uh, dental care, are you brushing at mm. least twice a day? Are you flossing mm. at least once a day? And, and doing those sorts of things. So not only that, the condition um, is treated um, in a you know timely manner and easier, but the the outcome of the treatment is is um, long term and successful. Mm, mm, certainly. So we're we're just about out of time. But if listeners remember yeah. only one piece of information from our conversation, what would you if you had to choose one piece of information? Yeah. What would you like that thing uh, be? What would you like them to remember? Sorry, Simona. Um, oral health is critical mm. for general health. That is the takeaway. Um, mm. as, as, as health practitioners, we, we need to help our patients understand the role of oral microbes play not mm. only oral diseases, but in systemic diseases as well. Mm. We need to encourage them, you know, to visit the dentist regularly, practice mm. good oral hygiene by cleaning between the teeth, brushing their teeth as well consume a whole foods diet and avoid simple sugars, quit smoking, control their diabetes. And if suffering with gingivitis or periodontitis, consider taking a probiotic containing the L-rutinized strains mentioned earlier. So oral health, critical to general health. Absolutely. And, and what a, what a, I think, really important message, because I, I think we often just think our mouth is just where we put our food. Oh, yeah. You know, and obviously people want their teeth to look great. You know, um, it, 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 all of those things are important. But I think it's time that people really realised, you know, um, that, yes, the, the health of your mouth, the health of the bacterial balance in your mouth actually influences as you as you've written uh you know systemic disease as such mm -hmm. so look mm -hmm. thank you for taking uh the time to join me again uh simona it's been much appreciated always a pleasure to catch up with you and our listeners and i'm looking forward to our next chat as do i and thank you to all our <laughs> listeners for listening we look forward to having a, you join us again soon thank you and goodbye thank you thank you everyone to continue the conversation or find out more about our products and educational resources, please head to biopractica.com.au. Biopractica, empowering healthcare professionals.